Well, welcome back to the When I Heard This podcast. My name is Nate Robinsoff, and I'm here with Pastor Joseph Tillman, MDiv, soon to be demon. How's it going? <laughs> it's doing well. It's doing well. I appreciate you adding those little mm-hmm. letters behind my name. Mm-hmm. I feel we're, important. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep going on temple-y body stuff. My body is a temple. Body is a temple. Yep. Yep. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, first off, go to Patreon five dollars. Um, Twitter and Instagram is when I heard this podcast. No, Facebook and Instagram is when I heard this podcast, and Twitter and locals is when I heard this. Uh, Pastor Joseph, here we go. All right, hang on, I got to get to the the right stuffs. Okay, so we're basically just continuing on with different body things and where the line is from last week okay so is is skydiving and mm-hmm. parkouring or base jumping or bungee <laughs> jumping and all that uh-huh. stuff putting my putting my temple at risk potentially right. is well, that bad okay yeah so obviously it's putting your physical body at risk. Yep. Right. Is it necessarily sin? If that's what you're asking, no. Why not? Because anything that I'm doing in faith, okay, it says that it is it's not. All right. Rephrase that. So anything that's done without faith is sin. Okay. If if but if I'm I'm walking with the Lord, I'm walking in faith and skydiving, bungee jumping just sounds like something I would like to do then and and, and it's not sin like the actions of them themselves are not sin mm-hmm. that's right but that's okay. the point is the action of those things a sin yeah no okay no all right so if the temple was up in Leviticus day okay and I was shooting rocket launchers near it but not trying to hurt anyone. <laughs> And one okay. of them blew up part of the temple because of it. Would I have sinned? If you. <laughs> okay. So you got rocket launchers and we've got temples. Am I making a good analogy or is this really bad? <laughs> the rocket launcher somehow malfunctions. Right. You hit temple. Right. And is. No, because it's not like you were intentionally like, well, one, I would want to know what the world you were doing with a rocket launcher. I got so many questions actually on this. Mm-hmm. Like, what were you doing with the rocket launcher? Why were you firing them? I got it from the aliens that bu- built the pyramids. <laughs> okay, so I think I think the analogy is completely gone off the rails at this point. Okay, all right, but let me say this: is I think what you're getting to is is it okay to put our bodies in harm's way intentionally? In- intentionally, yeah, yeah, for fun or whatever. For fun, yeah, because yeah, we're obviously making a distinction between this and like serving in the military right because serving in the military you're obviously putting your body at risk but those are necessary jobs right. in our society mm-hmm. and so we're obviously not saying that military is uh is problematic right um or putting their temples quote unquote at risk so no i mean have i jumped off uh, uh a tall waterfall before yeah and do I feel like that was a sin? No, my conscience. I felt good about that. Okay. So. But that's you. That's me. 
So, I so think there's, I, there's I, people on the other side of this who would say never do stuff like that because then I would say for them, they never need to do those things. Okay. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't want them to project that onto others. Okay. So yeah. What if my, what if my job is more dangerous than others? Is that yeah. sinning? No, no. Even but, if my job is unnecessary, not unnecessary. I, yes, yeah, I was going to say, cause like, I think there's, I mean, jobs are out there because they're needed or wanted or they provide a service. Mm. And so like we don't have to build buildings that are a hundred stories high. Correct. We don't have to do that. We can Correct. spread out. Correct. So yeah. we so, don't have to have people doing like underwater welding, which is pretty dangerous. Right. And you're right. So there's not jobs that are not always necessary, but in our society, these are jobs that are available. <laughs> And if people want to take a, you know, take the the opportunity to be part of those jobs, and and they're comfortable with it, go for it. What about like sword swallowers and cannon out of carnival cannon <laughs> man getting people. shot out of the cannon? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean they're providing entertainment, mm -hmm. right? And I think they're they're weighing their own risk in doing so. Like they're weighing their own risk in the fact that, hey, this could injure. I could. This could be dangerous. I could injure myself. But again, I don't think that's necessarily a sin. Like, I don't see in scripture where I'm told, "Don't get shot out of a cannon." I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, we we realize that by doing so, you're taking a large risk. Okay, but mm. if there's the safety protocols are in place and you feel comfortable doing it. Go for it. So on the other side of things sometimes, okay. what if I decided not to take advantage of medical technology that is available okay. to preserve my temple in some way? Is that a sin? Okay. So you mean like, so I'm sick yes. or, and so I just choose to, or I, ref I choose to refuse medical treatment right. that could prolong my life. Right. Or, or artificial parts and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's not a sin to, to choose to not do that. Well, why not? Because, I mean, I think we often are obsessed with our, with, with our bodies living a long time. Okay. And that is one of the blessings of the Lord. Like even, you know, and that's not just Old Testament, even, you know, New Testament talks about the blessing of, of, of long life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's, that's not a, it's not bad to live a long life, but at the same time, if someone is just at the point where they're like, no, I'm, I'm refusing medical treatment. I, it could extend my life. It could give me maybe even a better quality of life for a little bit, but I, I'm, I'm okay. With not mm -hmm. whether that is I will remain, you know, sick. I will re I will remain an amputee. I will re you know I will remain um, better and whatever the choice is and whatever the you know that's that's okay. And so yes, I think the Lord in His mercy has allowed for technology to exist in such a way that people can take advantage of it. But I don't think by refusing it that it's sin. Makeup, makeup. If I put on too much makeup and 
paint false picture of my temple. Is that a problem? <laughs> okay. All right. And obviously, when you're using the word temple here, you're using it as physical body. Yes. Okay. And that's been the case for the last several questions. Mm-hmm. That's what we're answering the way we are. Um, I guess I'd ask the question of, what you know, why are you wearing makeup? What is the makeup for? Okay. All right. Because I do think that matters. You know, like, why are, why are we putting on makeup? Um, and then I also think culture matters. In some cultures, you know, the even the application of makeup, the use of makeup is different from culture to culture. Mm. And so I think that's like one is kind of a cultural thing, but then two, the, the idea of the of the why. And and there's nothing wrong with wanting to put on makeup and and you know, if it's causing you to have a sense of um 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 you know I'm um feeling a little better about myself or maybe I'm using makeup because I'm acting or I'm using makeup because of job or I'm using like I think there's a lot of reasons that are completely acceptable reasons of wearing makeup. And so I just think the question is, again, the the why. Okay, so I have a question to put in the middle of here. All right. Every time I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about, like, my physical whatever. Uh-huh. And you're like, well, the real question is why? So why are we having... <laughs> why are we having two different ways of thinking about this? And why did I think about it differently than you did? Uh because I think the actions itself in scripture, there's there's such a breadth of what that looks like, you know, and I and I guess also in me traveling and visiting different cultures, you see the different cultural expectations of things. Mm. And what is what we would say here and you know, in America, oh, it's that is wrong to do X. Well, in our culture it might be completely okay. Um and, and again, it's not going it's not going against scripture. There's not a clear scriptural mandate for it mm-hmm. right um you know like something as simple as time right so in other words in our culture we could we are we like to be punctual time matters in other cultures you can be 30 minutes late and you're still quote unquote on time so all my, all my point is is that i think it's just fairly nuanced in a lot of the questions um and i think the motive behind things matters because I think the second you said our body as a temple means the temple in the the Old Testament, uh-huh. the Leviticus one, I think when you said that, now I'm thinking about everything in the context of that, not in the context of culture. Okay. Like, what would have been okay to do to that temple? At, at that point. Right. I got you. Like, if if they had... Like with the makeup question, right? If they had painted it uh-huh. a bad color on accident, <laughs> yeah, or right. not a bad color, but I mean like a a pagan color or something, right? That would have been bad. Yeah, and I think it gets back to what we were talking about, like with the the way the law was written, right? There were so many specific instructions for the tabernacle and the temple of, of what they're to look like, how they were to be. What was the functionality within it? There was mm-hmm. there's so many prescriptions there, okay, and that's what we talk about the, the ceremonial law a lot. There's so many prescriptions there of, of of the tabernacle and the temple. When we're talking about it in today's terms of of followers of Jesus being temples 
of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit resides in us. In other words, like we are like singularly or individually, we are temples. And then when we come together collectively, we are a temple Mm. of of the Holy Spirit. And so it's referring to just us as individuals being the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, now that's different because there's not all of these prescriptions in the New Testament of the way that our bodies, our temples should actually look. Okay. And and so that's why there's this breadth of, of was well, this okay or is this not okay? And that's why I go to the question of why, because I think the question of why actually really does matter. Okay. And and I, and I say that because, again, in in 1 Corinthians 6, when we were talking about earlier, it just ends in verse 20 with, so glorify God with your body. And so then the question is, well, what does it look like for me to glorify God in my body? And I think as we continue to grow in Christ, that changes, that we have a different perspective of what it looks like to glorify God in our body. I definitely said this before, but it seems like the black and white of the <laughs> of the old, old law testament. was a whole lot easier to follow. Well, then uh, I don't know if it was easier to follow. Figure it out. I think it was easier to know, to yeah. understand. It was clearer. It was I mean, easier to understand. Let me put it that way. I mean, it was well, and I say clearer. I don't even know if it was. Yes, okay. It's the do's and the don'ts. Mm-hmm. That's clear. Mm-hmm. That's black and white. Mm-hmm. To keep all of it, yeah, that's a little more difficult. It would have been hard, but right, I would have understood it. Okay, but in the New Testament, that's the beauty of the New Testament life of a believer. In other words, that we are individuals that are walking with faith, you know, in faith with Christ and or with faith in Christ. And so we are individuals that are getting to allow the Holy Spirit to work within us, to speak to us, to lead us, guide us. And I think so many of the problems have become I have this personal conviction from the Holy Spirit on mm-hmm. something, like what Paul was talking about there in Romans 14. I might have a, a personal conviction of eating something, but in that conviction that's personal for me, I can't just go and start enforcing that on everybody else. Right, because it's confusing. <laughs> yeah. And I think, and I do agree, if you've got a lot of people trying to do that, that's what's confusing about it. Mm-hmm. Like, all no, right. that No, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> what am I wrong about? It's confusing to start with. That's why so many people have so many different interpretations of it. Because it's so... It's so vague. Vague. Yeah. I'll get it when I'm dead. <laughs> I'm okay right now. Right. Maybe in a future episode, I'll understand. <laughs> well, as 1 Corinthians 13 says, we know in part... And we just know in part. I don't think I know in part. I don't think I get it at all. All right. What about clothes? Okay. What can I wear too much clothes and hide my temple? Can I wear too little clothes? Yeah. And show people too much temple. How does that work? (laughs) Okay. I do think that. What's the line? (laughs) In square inches. I know this is where it's just infuriating. I get it because I can't give you square inches. I can't give you dimensions. I can't like, can you wear too much? I don't think so. 
Okay. All right. Can can you wear too little or be too revealing? Um, again, this is where it gets back to yes. Um, but again, I hate always interjecting culture to this because I feel like this is making it very. Okay. So I already know where you're going to go with the culture part. Okay. Because there's some cultures that right. show a bunch of stuff. Stuff and some that don't. Right. But. But in scripture. This but is, is there not a hard line on this one in scripture? Like, in other words, like, don't show breasts. Don't show right. uh, genitalia. Right. That's because kind of Adam asking. and Eve covered something. They did. So what did they cover? <laughs> yeah, I think the very things we're talking about. Are you sure? Pretty sure. How do you know that? I don't know. <laughs> Completely. But you're pretty sure, right? In other words, they become aware of self and they become a, they become a self-conscious of this idea of self. Who knows? They could have been standing there like mm. this. You know, I don't know. And so, but I think that and, and it doesn't mean that culture is driving what we do. Mm-hmm. Okay, It doesn't mean that. What it does mean is that I am aware of what is causing people to, in that culture to stumble or not stumble. That's offensive or not offensive. Okay. Okay. And and so it's just being aware of my brothers and sisters in Christ in, in that environment, you know? Um, and so if, if, we live in a culture that has hypersexualized breasts, for example, then we're, we're wanting to be modest with that. But in other cultures, it's not hypersexualized. And so you go into, you know, you go into the villages and they're, you know, I, I say villages, I'm, I'm thinking specifically of villages I've been into in third world countries where you, you walk in and, and you're not, they're not, there's not a hypersexualization of the breast. Okay, um, but then they're all going to wear long skirts. You know, it's like it's just a different perspective. Um, I feel like you'd get more dudes at church to go on missions trips if you told them that. I'm not sure I want those guys on the mission trip then. <laughs> so, just saying. I'm just saying. Um, and so I I know this is where the gray seems frustrating, mm-hmm. and I and I get that. And do I think that we can be, you know, okay, if we localize it to United States of America, what does it look like to be modest? Because even in that, you're going to have a, a differing of degrees. Um, my my wife and I were, were talking with a group of people just recently. And when she was growing up, the fact that they didn't wear a slip underneath their dress was like scandalous. And to the older generation. Mm-hmm. Well, that conversation is not even a conversation today. You know, conversation today is almost more like, can I wear, can I wear shorts to, to church? And is that okay? You know? And, and so I guess my point in all of this is that I think we have to, we have to be cognizant and aware of what is understood and our specific, it, whether it's just culture or subculture of, it's acceptable. And, and the word I guess I would use is modest, but modest in and of itself can have different connotations for different people. Um, 
And so I, I do think there has to be a degree of charity in that. And, and I think it's, you also can understand when people are going out of their way to draw attention to themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a bigger part of it, right? If I'm going out of my way to draw attention to, to my body, like I won't, I want you to look at me. I want you to see me. And I think that is where it becomes problematic, where it's this attention on self and you're intentionally wanting to draw eyes to you. Um, and so, and again, I know it still leaves it in this vague spot. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, uh, and I get that. And, but I just think that's, I think the problem has been, I guess why I'm so into the nuance and why I'm just not so willing to draw hard lines is because I feel like that's where the abuses have come from in the church for way too long. Okay. Where we draw really hard lines and we say, you know, skirt lengths have to be this, short lengths have to be this, this, you know, and I think when we start doing those things, what we're, what we're doing is we're putting these kind of subjective rules that all of a sudden become law mm -hmm. in an objective manner. And I think, unfortunately, too, we've put a lot of undue burden on, on the women in the churches to be the ones to be, you know, quote unquote, modest, make sure you're not causing the guy to stumble. And I guess I would say, where are we, you know, are we talking to the guys in the same way? Are we saying to them, hey, you've got a responsibility to not always just be, you know, staring at, at women and, and, you know, they, there's a sense of self-control within yourself as well. Mm -hmm. And I, so what I'm, I guess I'm saying too, is we, we have put an undue burden at times on like, like somehow it's all of the woman's responsibility to make sure the men don't stumble. And I think that's completely unfair to the women. And again, I'm not saying, you know, they need to be, you know, walking into church in a, in a string bikini or, or that kind of thing. But what I am saying is that there's a sense of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to dress in a way that's, that's modest. That's not trying to draw attention to myself, but then, all right, men, you know, you can't just walk around with a lust problem and blame the women the whole time. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess that's why I want there to be a more nuanced conversation than just wear this, don't wear that, you know, close the book. Well, maybe we should turn it around and have the men wear nothing to church. <sighs> that would be horrifying. Mm -hmm. Absolutely horrifying. Equality. Equality? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to want to come to church if that's the case. So are there styles that God likes the best when it comes to clothing <laughs> that I can put on my temple? Right, that he just really prefers. Kind of like don't have have Satan tattoos and have crosses instead. <laughs> are there different, like, if I'm coming to church on Sunday, right. am, I, am I accidentally wearing Satan's overalls or something? <laughs> And that's a Satan thing, right? Because of something, right? No, no, I think no. It's a good question. Like if if I a Christian, right. well, if a Christian woman were to wear a a what are those things called uh, a burk a burka, mm -hmm. would that be the same thing as 
having Satan tattoos uh, to you. Okay. To me? Yeah. No. Why not? Because if that's the culture they come from. Okay. So in other words, they're if they're coming if they're coming from a Middle Eastern culture and that's their cultural norm and dress, that's what they feel comfortable in, then that's their dress. Okay. And so I mean, I, I know several um women who serve um in the Middle East and wear them all the time. Okay. Yeah. You, you like Christian mm-hmm. Christians. People? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so because it's just as much cultural as it is religious. Okay. Yeah. And so no, that wouldn't throw me at all. Okay. Bother me at all. And so it's getting down to like, all right, well, what should I wear, quote unquote, to mm-hmm. church? And and there's or not at all. a <laughs> you should wear something. <laughs> Let's get that. No, clear. I mean like yeah. not just at church though, but like Yeah, just 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 yeah. overall. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, I mean, when you when you read, for example, in First Timothy two, mm-hmm. when Paul is giving uh, a description for the for the women of hey, dress this way. Let me just pull this up so I can just read this passage from Paul in First Timothy, because I think what Paul's doing is he's helping to give a context, you know, here for for women. So this is what he says. Verse 8 in First Timothy 2, Therefore I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. Also, the women are to dress themselves in modest clothing with decency and good sense. And I, and, and I think that's really the, the point of it. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, you have an idea of what is modest. You have an idea of what is decent. You have an idea of what is, what is you know, you're using your common sense here. Go for it. And it doesn't have to be the 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 fanciest dress, okay? Like at at the church that I'm pastoring, you're gonna have people come in and they're they're dressed really nice, and then others walk in and and they're wearing shorts, and so it, it it's kind of across the board. And right, that was gonna be yeah, yeah. And like, is there a best way to present my temple to the Lord? I got you, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So. Let me finish this because I think okay. it's helpful. With these see good sense, not with elaborate hairstyles, gold, pearls, or expensive apparel, but and this is where, but with good works, as is proper for women who profess to worship God. And the point being here is again, it's not, we're not going to do things that are going to draw attention to ourselves. We're not going to do things that say, "Hey, look at me! Look what what I have." And another problem with the idea of like wearing these elaborate things, or gold, or pearls, or expensive apparel. Is if if that's if that's the way you're coming to church, right? Then am I not causing others that simply don't have the resources for those to feel lesser than, to feel not as important? Mm-hmm. One, and then two, also understanding again the cultural dynamic that's at play, and and so in, in the context that Paul's writing in, and so my. I guess when I'm like as a pastor and people come into the church, there's not like a best way, you know? So if the guys are coming in with t-shirts and shorts and flip-flops, okay. If they're coming in with, you know, a full suit, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, The way we come together as a church and unto the Lord is not based upon what we're wearing. It's based upon what's going on in, in our hearts. 
because you could have someone there that's got the nice suit and they look the part. And I don't know, were they drunk last night, having adultery last night, looking at porn last night, you know, versus someone or that's, you know, they're living a kind of a selfish lifestyle or about themselves, whatever. And then you have someone that's coming in and they've got the same shirt and the same pair of jeans, and the same pair of shoes they wear every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's all they got, but they really, but they're, but their their heart is so pure before the Lord. And, and it can, and it can go the other way too, right? So I'm not trying to make this a rich versus poor thing. The flip side of that is you could come in with a suit and your heart is as pure as it could be before the Lord. And you're just there to worship him. And you could come in wearing the same thing you've been wearing every Sunday. And, and all your, your, all your thoughts are away from the Lord and they're, and and they're all about you, and it's very selfish and narcissistic, right? So what I'm getting to is it's not about what we're wearing or not wearing. It's it's about the heart attitude that we're coming into before the Lord. And so that idea of that, we're, hey, we're coming in with a sense of we're we're coming to to profess in our worship to God. That's that's why we're here, and it's not about just all the outward stuff. What about all the clothing that is required by some churches what what do you mean i mean like the pope has a weird hat (laughs) okay yeah so you mean like the like the the, what they're wearing yeah like the robes and the stoles and those kind of things Is that to present temple to lord in specific way and why do they do that and what's up yeah so i won't get into all the ins and outs of why each particular group Mm. does it but um you know, and I came from a, you know, I came from a Methodist tradition mm. and where one of the things when we graduated theology school was to make sure you, you got, you ordered your robe and your stole to be able to wear <laughs> now that you're going to go to a church. That was a, like, that was kind of like a big deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, was it one of the ones what you tied around with a rope? Mine wasn't. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and I have friends that wear them every Sunday. Um, and whether it's in, you know, a Methodist church, Anglican church, you know, I've got friends that wear them. And are no, they machine washable? I don't think so, Tim. Mm. Yeah. So um what they what they're most often it's a, it's a sense of a kind of like a priestly garment or a priestly wear. And so it's not that they are presenting some kind of temple aspect of it in the sense of they're holier than, but it is a sense of being set apart as a priest. Okay. And so that is a little bit of a carryover from the priesthood that you would have found in Old Testament and, and all the way up through Jewish tradition, even into the times of Jesus. So was there stuff in the law in Leviticus about the clothes the, that people the garments were supposed were, to wear? Yeah, so in, in Exodus, actually— when Moses is receiving um, the Ten Commandments and the instructions on the tabernacle, he's also in receiving instructions on what the priests are to be wearing. Okay. Yeah. And so there's throughout Old Testament Torah, um, there are specific instructions of what the priesthood should be wearing. Okay. What about weightlifting? If I get too jacked uh-huh. naturally uh-huh, with okay. no... Yeah. Drug enhancing muscles. Right. Is that bad? No. Nah. Why not? Why why would it be bad? 
I don't know. <laughs> You're the pastor. No, if that's like your thing and you want to work out and you get jacked is, in the is process, there, is that's there a fine. Too jacked. Is there a too jacked? No, I would say there could Where's be. Where's the line? <laughs> You're so bad about this. There, there's, there's a, there's a point where if I'm just like, I think there's a point where I can become addicted to something like that, right? Okay. Or if it's a vain thing, okay. But not in the sense of, well, I'm working out. I'm I'm getting jacked. Okay. Okay. I'm going to tell you where my brain went because you just said where your brain went. Okay. <laughs> okay your, brain your brain went to, well, if you get too addicted to it, whatever, whatever. <laughs> my brain went to, if you get too jacked, you can't like pull a tick off your back <laughs> because you can't reach it. <laughs> right. So is that not... Putting your temple in harm's way. That's where my brain goes. And we're right. just, I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. Okay. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Sorry, because man. that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so. Sex. Okay. Can. Can. Someone. Can. Can sex hurt my temple? Can sex hurt your temple? Yes. And I'm not just talking about doing it too hard. Right. I mean, like, spiritually. Spiritually. Can the act I, of sex... I know that sex can hurt you. <laughs> okay. All right. So... <laughs> All right. So in 1 Corinthians 6, mm -hmm. when we read about the passage about the temple... Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. That actually is the context for this, okay. is the idea of sexual immorality or sex outside of marriage. But how does that hurt your temple? How does that hurt your temple? Yes. Okay. So in first Corinthians. Because it's no different, except that you didn't do a thing. Okay. So in first Corinthians 6, all right. However, the body is not for sexual immorality. So this is verse 13. However, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Okay. And the Lord for the body. Okay. So in other words, that it's that we're not supposed to just use our body for whatever sexual desire we want to fulfill. Okay. Okay. And so, and but but rather it's for the Lord. Okay. So our body is is for the Lord's. All right. Uh, for the Lord. And then we continued going on. So should I take a part of Christ's body and make it a part of a prostitute? Absolutely not. Don't you know that anyone joined to a prostitute is one body with her? For scripture says the two will become one flesh, but anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And the context of this is, especially in this context, in Corinth, you're dealing with a lot of temple prostitution Okay. in, in, in the pagan temples. Okay. And there was even a thought process that if I, it's better to have sex with a prostitute than to actually go commit adultery was kind of a, a thought process mm -hmm. in the day. And in other words, the idea was, okay, if I go to a temple prostitute, that's not as bad as actually committing adultery. Okay. All right. In the, in, in the, in the, in the non-Christian world of Corinth at the time. And so, Paul here is saying, all right, 
But no, like now that you're now that you are with the Lord, now that you're the Lord's, you can't continue on these traditions that you've had before. Because of so this is in the same verse as the the my body my is a temple. Yeah, yeah, we're about to get there. Okay. Yeah. So for scripture says the two will become one flesh. All right. But anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So if we're with the Lord, we're with him. Okay. But he's saying the two will become one flesh. And, and again, he's referencing back to Genesis two. Okay. Okay. W- with the creation of Adam and Eve and the, and the saying, Hey, in marriage, the two become one. But that's right? not physically true. What do you mean? Like me and my wife aren't Siamese twins now. <laughs> no. So. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And, and, but it's the idea there's a oneness there that's happening. Okay. That the act of sex is actually doing something beyond just I'm being physically intimate. So that the, beyond part, does that affect my body? Yes. How? Okay. Let me keep reading. Okay. Verse 18. Flee sexual morality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. And it's in, and it's again, it's that idea that with your body, you are, you, this body is supposed to be holy unto the Lord, controlled unto the Lord, and at one with the Lord. All right. And so then it goes on to say, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you're bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. And so the whole kind of context of this is listen, if you're if you're if you're committing sexual if you're having sexual sin, okay, sexual morality that is outside and so therefore it's outside the bonds of marriage. There is a there is a oneness that's happening with that person that there's a impact emotionally, spiritually, mentally because of that all right and and so and what the lord is saying is not that sex itself is bad he's not saying that at all he's and he's he's saying but outside the bonds of marriage it is so it's actually a safeguard for us okay so how is my body not just like a a car with jesus in it what's the difference how is it not like a car with Jesus yeah. in it? Like, like, cause I'm looking at like, <laughs> I guess the way I'm thinking about the temple is right. that it's that it's a place to like have Jesus in and, mm-hmm. and like, let's not hurt Jesus's thing. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, let's not, let's, you know, let's yeah. not dent up Jesus's house. Right. And, and you know, or ruin it by having a party or something. So, (laughs) yeah. So how does, how does something spiritual like that affect like the, the building that Jesus is in? Okay. Okay. That doesn't make sense. Okay. Because we are, we are holistic beings comprised of body, soul, and spirit. So anything that happens in one of those is going to impact the other. So if I spiritually hurt myself, but it's supposed to affect my body? Sure. But how? 
So if, like, have you ever seen that happen? Where you are, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, because because I think it becomes like this. We're we're so, I think, we, too often we view ourselves as these compartmentalized pieces. Like in other words, I have my body, I have my soul or my my emotions, my mind, and then there's the spirit side of me. And it's like we we view them as these three completely separate entities that are not impacting the other. Yeah, but how does how does something going on in my spirit, spirit impact impact, the, impact my body? body? Because all right, so if I am if I am following Jesus, okay, okay, let's say let's say I'm following Jesus and and I am living a life that is hopefully with the fruit of the spirit i've got joy i've got peace i've got love those things are now inside of me mm -hmm. okay that has a direct impact on 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 the way i feel okay and thus releasing even i mean we could get into like the 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 you know the biological level like the physiological level of the chemicals that are released because of that mm. physically in our own bodies that makes our bodies actually feel better mm -hmm. or be more relaxed or not be as tired. So I, I, I think there's just this complete connection between all three. And so if I'm living in a way that I'm like with my body, if I'm trying to glorify God with my body. Okay. And so I'm glorifying God, with my body and I'm not, committing sexual sin. So my mind is my mind is clean at that. My conscience is clean at that. And therefore I have this sense of peace with the Lord because I'm walking with the Lord, this peace with the Lord, this joy with the Lord. Then my own emotional and mental state is better, which in turns releases a proper chemical you know balance within me to be able to my body to be a you know, feel as it should. And so uh, there's a lot of interconnection between all of this. And, and, um, and I, I'm, I'm careful going down this road because I also understand that we can be doing well with Jesus and still have physical issues, mm -hmm. right? Like just like I was, I felt really good with following Jesus. I felt one of the closest times I ever had in my life was for a couple of years there during pancreatitis where I felt like mm -hmm. I was really close with Jesus and yet my body was really not doing well. Okay. So I'm not always saying there's a direct, like if you get good with Jesus, your body's going to be whole. But I do think in the small parts, there's these connections. And I also understand there's, you can be doing well with Jesus and, and well in your body to as, as best you can and still have chemical imbalances. I like, I get that, but I do think there's this interconnectedness between all three and what we do in one area does impact the other. Okay. Back to the sex stuff. <laughs> okay. If I'm having really hard, rough sex, uh -huh. am I mm -hmm. disrespecting my temple? As long. So if you're having sex in the context of marriage, mm -hmm. okay. and that both husband and wife are okay with that type of sex, mm -hmm. you're okay. I've read so many people argue about this on the internet. Really? Yeah. 
like Christians arguing with each other. Interesting. Yeah, I think it completely has when Fifty Shades of Grey came out. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, and I think it. I think again, so much of it has to do with what the husband. Again, it kind of goes back to the the that there's a, a large scale of what's permissible within the context of of sex in in marriage, but the husband and wife have to be in agreement okay. on what acts are okay. Okay. Yeah. And because one of the most, I think the parts that gets overlooked in this passage about the, the body being the temple, <laughs> anything you want to interject before I go so on? So how far though? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want these lines, don't I you? I do want the these lines. lines. <laughs> well, I think. Because I could think of some, you know, weird stuff. Right. Like. Not safe for YouTube stuff, but <laughs> where's the line? <laughs> okay, so for me, there's like like there's a clear line of okay. So anal sex is not okay. Really? Yeah. That's it to me. That's Ever a, for no one. Correct. For me, that's a clear line in scripture. Really? Yeah. In Leviticus? No, in Romans. <laughs> Okay. And so I, I think there's a clear line there, but outside, so, but, but then going, so, but not including that. And as long as we're understanding, like we're not bringing another person into the, into right. the mix. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just husband and wife there. Right. Or, so, or animals, <laughs> right. No other people, no other animals, okay. no, not, you know, no pornography. What about all the microbes in our skin and bacteria in our bum holes are those okay to bring into it they're animals <laughs> i think we understand when we say no animals whatever what we mean by that okay okay and so just trying to figure out the line <laughs> but that as long as husband and wife are in agreement okay there is there is to me a a wide range of what is acceptable and okay. Again, as long as there's not a violation of those covenant bonds, I don't even want to know where your mind is right now. <laughs> and as, mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as there's not and as long as there's not sin that's happening and that both parties feel honored and respected, you're 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 good. Okay. Okay. I mean, I guess. <laughs> any question you want to ask further? Do you need any clarifying comments? I uh, n- may no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Can I? Let me just. Can I continue on just real quick? Yeah. All right, with this one, because I think it's important to understand that. So there's there's this passage in First Corinthians six. We've quoted a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, verse 19, like the, the, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Glorify your God with your body. And immediately, I- immediately, Paul jumps from that to a discussion on marriage. And, spe- and this is what he says specifically. Verse 2, chapter 7. Because sexual immorality is so common, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman should have sexual relations with her own husband. So my 
a husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise a wife to her husband. A wife does not have the right over her own body, but her husband does. In the same way, a husband does not have the right over his own body, but his wife does. Do not deprive one another, except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again. Otherwise, Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And so always be willing for sex unless you're praying is one way to read that. So, yeah. because so again, hurry up and get on your knees <laughs> before they walk in the room. <laughs> the, the... <laughs> no, oh, so crap. Pr- prayer is not the way like, so no, but <laughs> <laughs> they. This is a, a. We've agreed for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. So in other okay. words, an agreement. But what I'm getting to in this is Paul's immediately going from the set from the point of all right. Don't have don't engage in sexual morality. Mm-hmm. There is a place where sex is healthy and holy, and that's marriage. Right, and it should be in and and, and what's the only time that it's not hurting your body. Correct. Through your spirit. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because, and and this is in, in important because he's also saying, hey, marriage is not, or sex and marriage is not just for procreation. It's right. also to be enjoyed and, to, and for it to be pleasurable. Mm. And so it kind of moves us away from that idea of, well, it's just for procreation. No. It's actually because we have sexual longings and there is a proper context for those longings to be fulfilled in. And I do think in verse four, when it talks about a wife does not have the right of her own body, but her husband does, and then vice versa, I think that one of the things that can be um, taken from that is that basically it's like sex on demand. Like when I want to have sex, my wife, therefore, should give, you know, we should have sex. But that's not Christ-like. So, in, in other words, we take everything we read and we understand it in the, in the how how does Christ interact? How would Christ love? How would Christ care? Because there's not seasons where it's just yes, anytime we have sex, we want to have sex, right? Like there's times if if you're if once if someone is sick, if someone has just given birth, where it's not just sex on demand, right? Um, and so I think that there's an idea there of, yes, sex should always be available, okay, but in a loving, honoring, respectful context. So what if we both, okay, this is what I want to ask. What if we both agreed to it and we were like cutting each other up and putting things in holes that didn't exist before and right dropping blood on each other and right. stuff like that? Yeah. Is that... But we we both agreed to it, and we're married. Right. So we're spiritually good. It's just hurting bodies. Yeah. And Is that okay? No. Because now you're mutilating your own body. But tattoos, though. But tattoos are... (laughs) But but tattoos. But uh, but tattoos aren't cutting and mutilating your body. But sexy. No, but for pleasure in marriage. No, because uh, if if I would say this, if that's what's going on, 
Okay. We, need, we need we need to have a conversation about like, what though? Uh, because about this topic or about a different topic? I think I think a different topic. Okay, what would I that think, topic be? Because something more than just sex is going on here. Like in other words, this is more than just about sex. Then what is it about? It is about why do I need to experience pain to experience pleasure? Okay. And I think that is a conversation to be had. Like, why why am I hurting mm-hmm. so bad that I need to experience pain to therefore experience pleasure? So that's where that would go. Yes. For so me. hard line no. That would be a hard line no. Is that is that helpful that I've actually Thank put God. down a hard line? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so I guess I already know the answer to this one, sort of. But we just talked about spiritual health affecting the body. So uh-huh. what about mental health? Yeah. I mean, same thing, right? Yeah. So if if we're if we're body, soul, and spirit and we have mental health, obviously it can impact our temple. Okay. Yeah, or our and and or our body. Yeah. So and then I guess this all the same things of if I refuse to take medication to help my mental health is which affects my body, is that bad? It's it's not sin. Okay. To refuse to take medication or to refuse medical help, it's not sin. Okay. Okay. But does it can it be harmful for you and for others? Is a, is a question I would ask. Okay. Right. Is like so if I'm not taking my medication for mental health, am, am am I at risk of harming myself or harming others? Okay. Yeah. And um or, you know, and it and, it, and that's a really hard one because some people just don't want to take certain medications based because of how it actually does make them feel, you know? And and so this is a I'm very sensitive to this mental health. Issue. And if I can say this too, I think in the church, this gets just, I don't think it gets near the acknowledgement that it should. What? Mental health. Okay. I think in in some of the circles that I have ran in, it's like, oh, you're feeling depressed or you're feeling anxiety. Just pray more. Mm-hmm. Just read the Bible more. And that's not always the answer. Um, and I, and I think we've not taken mental health seriously enough. Like, no, I've got anxiety. Why do I have anxiety? Me praying more, me reading the Bible more, it's not going to just magically make that okay. Trying to figure out the why is behind that. And then what do I need? You know, sometimes it's medication. Sometimes it's just going to counseling and getting to the root cause of it. And so, I just want to, in talking about mental health, I just want to take the moment to say, for you know, if, if you're struggling with mental health, for and the church has not been kind to you or mm-hmm. not been understanding of you, then I would say please forgive the church because um, I do think we have erred too often in that way, um, and that we do need to give space for people to be able to say I'm having mental health issues. Can you walk this journey with me? Can you can you be a community with me? And not that I as a pastor even feel qualified to help them through all that, right? So I'll help them get connected to a Christian counselor, or those kind of things. And if medication is on the table, like, hey, we would think maybe this can help, 
and in the midst of us trying to also figure out what's going on, like I never liked the counseling that just gives medication and goes, well, that'll take care of it. I, mm. You know, it's more like here's medication and now let's try to, this will help you get to a, a correct baseline of how you should be feeling. Um, and then that will help us as we try to navigate what's led you to this point of mental health crisis and so, or mental health challenges. And then in the midst of that, you know, maybe over time you find yourself starting to wean off that medication as you begin getting the healing that you need in your own soul. And so I, I just think that, you know, if, if someone's listening to the podcast, I want to make sure that you're hearing from, from me, I guess, the pastor to say, you know, I'm sorry if the church has not been loving and kind, understanding toward you in the, in your mental health challenges or journey. And that there is definitely a space and a place in the church to, we can grow in that area. And then, and then we've got to create these safe spaces where people feel like they can say, Hey, this is what's going on. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I think you and I've even talked about this before. Like we, we, we pray for physical things all the time in our church, mm. but we never bring up other things like this, you know, like, Oh, well, someone's having a procedure. Someone's having a surgery. Someone, you know, fell and broken arms, some, whatever it may be. And we pray for those things, talk about those things, but then we don't also talk and pray about the things that are going on in a mental health ch challenge. Mm. And I, and I think we probably should be much more uh, intentional to do that while also understanding that people tend to be more private about those things and don't necessarily want to share with everybody, but I would hope that they would share with somebody. Well, I guess what I do with my body really is my choice. <laughs> oh, boy. If that's what you've gotten out of this, we need to redo it. <laughs> that's what I got out of it. Okay. Honoring the Lord. <laughs> Honoring the Lord. So I think, I think what I've gotten out of it is that I have to do more spiritual and just not worry about how many tattoos or fat or ripped or anorexic I am. Uh, just go read the Bible. Didn't say that either. Be healthy. Remember that? Be healthy. 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 In body, Health. mind, and, and spirit. And spirit. Yep. Soul. Okay. Yep. Just healthy and holy. How about that? Healthy and holy. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, this has been the When I Heard This Podcast. I'll do it, I promise. <laughs> well, this has been the When I Heard This Podcast. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast. And you can follow on Twitter and Locals at When I Heard This. You can follow Patreon. Patreon is five bucks. And that's the only part of that. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Nate Robinson, And you can follow Joseph on Instagram at... Rev Joe T. This has been the Morning on this podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.